All right. So, hey, welcome to One More Show. This is I'm Kyle, I'm your host. And on the buttons, we've got Jackie. Hello. And on the hot seat today, we've got Mr. Gary Michaels. Hey. That's some round of applause. Do you know what? Let's, let's keep that level of that level enthusiasm. Of That's what we want. <laughs> like, throughout the whole thing, just that level yeah. of enthusiasm. That is the loudest round of applause I've got in nearly two years. Really? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> How have you been coping, man? Because you, before this, you were on fire. Like, yeah, um, it was. It went from I think I was running eight gigs a week, depending on the week, mm. and then emceeing seven of them to having a lot of free time <laughs> and at the beginning it was maybe the best thing that could have happened i, I actually kind of fell in love with it really quick weirdly enough yeah I thought, oh like if there's ever going to be no stage to perform on what would i do and it turns out you know other things yeah, yeah <laughs> other exactly. things so uh, you know i live on a boat we moved the boat all the way up to bath and we did that for the summer of 2020 i'm very confused on what year it is <laughs> and um we did that and we just experienced other things we you know me and my girlfriend we kindled old passions and started you know i started playing guitar again hadn't mm. never thought i would be revisiting that and um yeah yeah it's it's i've had to be honest i've really enjoyed the last year and I, have, I really have you hear some horror stories from performers and stuff and and i know way too many performers who've been or are, are, are worse off now as a, as a result mentally and financially and all that kind of stuff but but luckily i am certainly not one of them i'm so thankfully i'm not one of them that's that's good to and hear. you're looking good too Look thank at you. you thank yeah, you i think that i think you've put an extra centimeter on the hair <laughs> i mean yeah. i've um i actually have had it cut like a few months ago and it's due another one to, it's due another one soon otherwise my mom will I just think you should go all out just Dude, you should, that's just. that's the plan but it needs to be tamed to make it to keep it like in a shape yeah otherwise it just goes down oh. and it goes like floppy that might be a good look too uh, it just falls over and covers your face <laughs> I think that'll be I think a lot of people may agree with you on that one. <laughs> but um so you didn't start off doing stand up though, did you? Lord no. No. Um no, I started off as a musician in a band. I played bass in mm. a band and I started that I'm gonna guess when I was about sixteen. Uh we always say the first gig we ever did professionally was yeah, two thousand and one mm. on the twenty sixth of May. It's odd how you remember some things. Yeah. And you remember the Temple Bar Music Centre in Dublin City, <laughs> which I don't if it's still there, it's certainly not still called the Temple Bar Music Centre. And um yeah, so I was in that band for eleven years and it was throughout the time in the band I went on to street performing. Yeah. Um and the reason for that was what I wanted to perform and I also wanted to find something that I could fund the band and also be able to leave. Yeah. So rather than a job, um, I could perform and then earn money and the money would either go into the band or the band's money would go into props for the street and it was kind of back and forth. And that's that was a, a nice way to live for until I got sick of the band. <laughs> until you know, in the band, as I always said, in anything, like if you're if you're doing a project, you need to be 110% into the project. You need to really fully believe in it. And, it, and it's certainly with a group of people, if one person doesn't believe in what in the direction 100%, mm. then I think that person, even if they're giving 90%, is weighing down. And I felt after a while of many changes and formats with the band and 
although we're still very tight as friends as, yeah. as, as, as people it just you know professionally and you know in the music it just wasn't really what I wanted to do anymore so I left that band 11 years mm. I was in it left in 2012 and throughout that time I had become pretty good at street performing mm. and I'd done multiple shows every three years I changed up the show and so I'd done fire juggling and, and um, magic shows and wow all that kind of stuff all the kind of freaky I was kind of always interested in the kind of freakier stuff and there wasn't many people doing that stuff back when I was busking in Dublin mm. and I realized with the help of other, another performer another booker told me that it's in the in the way I was going kind of by mistake was was interesting because I was doing freaky stuff um, but in a family-friendly tongue-in-cheek way how does that and, work and that was yeah it what it was the, the jokes weren't the jokes weren't harsh enough mm. to be deemed inappropriate but they were also entertaining enough so that the adults who stopped mm. were intrigued by what was happening and entertained by the jokes mm -hmm. because the kids wanted to cut so with the street show the kid wants to stop mm. and the parents kind of go i don't know if i want to watch this guy for the next yeah, 20 minutes yeah. or half an hour or 40 minutes yeah. like it was today and then if they stop well then if the parents are interested if the parent if you make the parents interested because the kids are going to be interested anyway yeah like unless you really drop the ball and the kids get bored that's a bad sign yeah but usually the kids are going to be interested and if you can entertain the adults on top of that well then you got yourself a proper show and then you got yourself some money and so so i started doing all the i was booked for the teddy bears picnic gig and i was hammering nails in my face and it was it went crazy that we, sounds, we started pushing it to that the sounds max. exactly what you'd want from a teddy bears picnic yes, gig just yes. some, dude, some irish dude hammering nails yeah. and shit yeah. to his face <laughs> yeah and that's what they got so, um <laughs> yeah it was it was um yeah just uh, so yeah, busking around, mm. but it's, I kind of threw myself at everything um, all the time. And the stand-up didn't come for way later. 2017, I did my first straight, uh, obviously all the shows I had done were, it, there was stand-up involved in them. And so you managed, joke to, you managed to incorporate some yeah. comedy into it. And they were all writing. comedy shows. Yeah. They were comedy shows first. So if I was doing a, ju a juggling show, all the comedy routines, mm that I could think of putting in there were in there and that's what makes it into like a 40 minute show on the street and yeah. with the volunteers and with the you know with the microphone all the shows pretty much all the shows I've ever done have been talk heavy I'm not the kind of person who looks very presentable on stage and I don't have the the, the big props I never went high up with a unicycle I was like no I want to stay on the ground I want to kind of develop the persona that people might want to drink with yeah if they saw me in a bar they, yes they, they it's kind of like i have the persona if i showed him a trick in the bar i wanted to take that to the stage and kind of be very presentable and approachable was yeah. important to me too you kind of want them to be to think that you want that you want to be their friend if yeah that makes sense yeah and secretly that, hate them exactly yeah hate exactly <laughs> and that's what makes a good host in my in my opinion not the hating them obviously yeah. but making them feel like yeah that, they're on a level with you yeah i um with the hosting if i'm honest i just like i wasn't a very strong stand-up mm -hmm. by any means when it came to straight stand-up i find if i do a joke uh, straight stand-up i'll get a particular reaction mm. but if i do the same joke yeah and i have a straight jacket about to happen i'll get a way better response mm. for the joke because oh he's a straight jacket escape artist and he did a joke 
and then so that dynamic whatever way i make it work for myself i just have stumbled across it now maybe it's because i perform with props way more and way yeah. before performing straight stand-up but i found it i found it very difficult i just went through the open mics and a few pro gigs just to lucky enough having contacts when i want to do stand-up and i I was honest with myself. It was like, uh, do, do I want to pursue this as a as a career full time and performing? And I I didn't think I did want to do that. And I kind of said, let's run my own show. Mm. And I wanted to do Edinburgh again. I did it in 2017. I wanted to do it in 2018. And so okay, so let's do run my own show, do as much time as I want on stage, mm. and. By that I mean, and by that I mean an hour. <laughs> yeah, by that, like just, just, just. Who cares about them? Yeah. Run my, own, you know, running all my own routine and get a really strong show for Edinburgh. Mm. And then the first night at, at back at uh, Monty's, the first gig I ever ran, the first night, I decided halfway through that night that I'm not going to pursue my career as a stand-up comedian. Instead, I'm going to run the best gig because the people who yeah. turned up, I had way better buzz doing giving them a gig that they wanted to perform at and then I did performing yeah. stand-up comedy on my own way way more fun and it was also a challenge that I knew nothing about running gigs mm. and I felt that it was kind of a wise way to go for me to learn how to communicate with people and do those kind of dealings yeah. and and then of course the hosting I find the hosting is is exactly like street performing because mm. a performer um, by the name of Pete Anderson one of the one of the best performers I've ever seen um, on the street and on stage. And he told me a very interesting thing about hosting. When street performers make great hosts, it's because they big up the next act the same yeah. way you would big up doing a trick. Yeah. So if I was going to do a particular, like I'm going to juggle six balls, will you big it up just like a next act is coming on? Mm. So the, the, the tone and the way you say it and the slight pauses between the expectance of, of round of applause and the way you get them to do it a second time and knowing the cues it's all the exact same so yeah. it just fits and it, it well it made for I like to think I'm a good host other people have yes, told me are. so and it made for that's I think that's the reason I owe it to being able to big up a trick on the street when it's it, it can be very tough to get that level of volume off a large audience We'll go back to the company in a second, but like, how the hell do you juggle fireballs? That's what that is. I five balls, maybe. Five, so. Fireballs. Said, well, you can juggle fire. A fireball. Said, I'm sorry, I, thought, I, thought, I, I genuinely thought you said fireballs. I was no. like, really? That's a. Well, there is. There. I've not done it, but but there are, That is absolutely a thing. Yeah. That is. You just have. You either have the particular um, fuel. Mm. That's because you're only holding it for a while, and you do it for yeah. like seven, eight catches, and you're going to be all right. Yeah. Or you have gloves on. Yeah. And there you go. And you have like the well, flesh colored yeah. gloves. Flesh colored gloves. But what I said was five. Yes. Five balls. <laughs> let me just put it on record. Is way more impressive. Way more impressive than I don't even care what your opinion is. It's way more impressive than juggling fireballs. Three fire because three balls is three balls. Yeah. It's, that's it's 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 the same. It's the same. Same cascade. motion. Yeah. yeah. If you start doing it behind your back or over your head, maybe then yeah. But. But, you know, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was just me being shit at hearing. I'm okay. sorry. Um, so, back to Monty's, man. That was a that was an iconic venue. Yeah. Because, in all honesty, the venue should not have worked. Yeah. But it did. It did. Um, the, sta it the stage was huge. Yeah. <laughs> the it had a real back to it. It was horrible in the summer. Oh, yeah. But... Yeah. It was we, hot. but we all loved it. 
Um, you maybe I didn't, think, but <laughs> I I did I did love it, but I knew what was going to happen, um, and I knew we weren't going to be there for long. And the shame about it was, I really think it could be one of the players for yeah. an actual comedy club. Agreed. Um, and so that's a shame because not only is, is was there a community that disappeared when that went, mm. there was also what a lot of money for yeah. if someone, if the person who decided to give us a hard time had been to one gig, yeah. well then maybe we could have a conversation. But when the boss doesn't turn up for the first nine months, no, nope. it and then he turns up and you know, well the first thing he told me was, I lost my ping pong due to the club. Yeah. So there was, I think the record people they had playing ping pong were six people. There was no one yeah. playing ping so, pong. So it was. As someone yeah. that used to tech for you, yeah. there was no one playing fucking ping pong in that, in, that, um, in that place. But I always remember that when you said that to me. You know, when someone says something to you, your job, I, I, I honestly had no. I wasn't expecting that. No. I was expecting what well, is not many numbers in now, or there's, you know, because when, when I met him, it was January and it was kind of quiet and it kind of was. I think with with a club like Monty's, the way it was run, it was ultimately, I feel, not, and this is kind of not against the venue, I think it always had a, had a time on it, and I think it was going to turn into a bit of a boys club, and yeah. that was the last thing I wanted, and I could just see it happen, and the reason for that is because just with the way I run the gigs, there's not many rules. And so when something kicks and it starts to do really well, you get the semi-pro comedians turning yeah. up, which is fantastic. Yeah. But then you start to get people coming in to do five minutes at a club that they think, oh, it's going to be really, really busy. Mm. And usually it is. But every now and then you get the show with only those acts. Yeah. And so there's there are people who turn up to see it. It's... It's just bizarre. Like when you have a mix between acts who bring their friends and then people from who come up to see a comedy club, that's yeah. a really strange mix. And it's mm -hmm. a very difficult mix to make work. And you are better off. And that's why there's so many rules. They're strict on the nights and would rather not have main punters there. I kind of like a mix, but I can see the acts have a real hard time mm. when there's people from the street and their mates. I don't know why that is. Um, I've not given it much top, but I do know when we have a mix, but when we have only people from the street, it's great. And when we have only friends of the acts in there, it's great. Mm -hmm. But when you mix it, I don't know what it is. It's just real strange. Is that, are you saying that's a, are you saying that's just a Monty's thing or is that in That's general? a full stop thing. That's really? all the gigs I've ever I've, I've run. Okay. I've, I sense that. And at the gigs I've been to that have the mix, I sense it as well. It's mm -hmm. kind of like the people in off the street here judge the comedian as they would and if it's yeah. funny it's funny and I'll laugh but then there's a nervous laughter in the room coming from a friend of someone who mightn't be doing well yeah. and all of a sudden the people from the street are kind of going what's going on here yes. why are some people in favor of certain acts and it's maybe that's the dynamic well, that's, I, I, it might not be but there's well that's what it, well to, sorry to cut you off but I think that that's that potentially what's happened there is that the acts may have prep their friend before yeah. you know before coming to the show saying it is a it is a new material night or i'm gonna be doing new material or even if it's not a new material night, i'm gonna be doing new material so some of it may work some of it may not so they may that's may they may already know about what to expect however joe blogs off the street yeah. is expect is expecting live at the apollo because they don't know what Yo, joe yeah <laughs> um, yeah i uh, yeah absolutely but when the but when joe 
sees that there's some yeah. oh, they're with him oh, okay and then the next act gets loud and then, oh they're with oh are we just the only ones who aren't in on, yeah. on this and yeah so but then that. but then isn't not the job of the mc to make everyone absolutely so, sort of equal yeah well i i think if a knight falls five percent it's the, it's on yeah. the mc if the, if the if the night's a huge success everyone did a great job if the yeah. night's desperate then the MC mm. shouldn't MC. I, that's, 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 that's what I think, 100%. The MC is the most responsible person in the room, and it's their job to make sure that the, all the focus goes to the next act. And if you don't do that and only that, then you've no business being it. And you can do it in much yeah. as many creative ways as you want and get your own material out, but that's, that's the goal. Yeah. So what made you think that MCing was the right route to go down for you? Um, uh, it's it's fun for me at the moment. Like do I love again. Saying, at the moment. I get bored. I yeah. do. I know that about myself. I, I get bored and I kind of rather than get bored, I get excited about other projects. Yes. And it's like for example, at the beginning of lockdown, all I wanted to do, I, I was like, I can't wait to get back on the stage again. Mm. Can't wait to put on the comedy gigs again. Now with time I'm not like it's it's okay. It's like yeah. okay, I'm going to put on gigs in the future, but it's there's lots of other things now. Yeah. And if given more time, let's say for example, lockdown was to last another year, I don't think I would be putting on gigs. I no. think I would I would be doing something very different, not connected yeah. to the comedy scene at all, quite okay. possibly. Okay. So and I just know I work well in short stints. Like, as I said, I've changed my show up every three or four years. I, I just can't go and repeat the same thing. No. And with the, with the stand-up comedy thing, after I did the competition in 2019... 20, yeah. It was 2019 because it was just after I came back from just, Edinburgh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you did your Edinburgh run and you did the, you did the very last date or the I second the, last date. I did the, I did the, I think I did the last date and it was between me and Stephen Catlin. It was indeed, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was the one where I made you face the wall. That was, great. That was so good. That was so horrendous. That was great. I had a great time doing it. Was it was great. And then me and Stephen hugged after, even though, even yeah. though he, beat, he beat me. Yeah. So, I mean, even though I love him, he's now my mortal enemy. I think like, he beat you by one, one or two votes. Or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, after that competition, I didn't know where I was going. I, I was like, okay, so now what? I have all these gigs. I think it went up to 10 gigs a week at one stage in six different venues. Mm. And I was like, what, what am I doing? And then... I made the worst business decision ever. Do and, tell. And I got, I got a one of the venues who, who actually the, he got closed down on him, and and in no way was the manager a, a bad dude. He was a decent guy, and he was trying everything and anything to get his business to work. He just picked the wrong pub, mm. and so I started. He said, "Okay, so we got." I wanted to create an open mic that people get paid. I was yeah. like, that would be really cool. Yeah. If I get an open mic for the kind of slightly more experienced acts, I let them do up 10 minutes and give them 20 quid each, that would be really cool. So he said, okay, I'll give you 150 quid for uh, the week, and it was gonna be on Thursdays. So I was like, okay, this is brilliant. So I'll take the 50 and I'll give the yeah. 20 quid to five acts who can do 10 minutes each on a Thursday, brilliant. Everyone's happy. And so I book up two months of that, and then mm. the weeks went on, and the money didn't start coming in. Oh god! And so no. I had to go two months because the money never came in. He just simply didn't have it. He wasn't making any money, and he was—he ended up 
not have he ended up having his electricity cut that's how that's how that's how we act that's how a man had to retire it's it's it was it was hilariously awful but it, so he, it wasn't like he was trying to put a fast one he was he was just he really wanted to support but it meant that i was funding this now very expensive gig off the yeah. back of open mics that i had earlier on was in the week that at the, um I can't remember the pub's name. Islington, yeah. Ah, um, oh, no, I didn't. Oh, yes. Yeah, I do remember that. I do remember that one. I don't think I did that. The Alfred Hitchcock one. Yes. Yeah. I forget the name of it. But, no. Yeah, that was not... We probably can't say the name of it. It'd be really mean. I can't remember. It was a North by Northwest. <laughs> yeah, fuck. <laughs> Gotta stick to the classics, Yeah, that's it. North by North... It was, um... It was the calf. It was the calf, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it wasn't the calf. <laughs> no. um, I'm saving up my torches, though. Oh, calf. brilliant. <laughs> so, where is the next... Should is, I have said that? Is it, is, no, <laughs> keep going. It's fine. Don't worry about it. No, no I really no, don't give a shit. No, it's fine. That's that's what that's what we come to expect. So that's what we exactly what we come to expect. Um, so, is there going to be another venue soon? Or um, I've got two gigs coming up this summer. Um, uh, are you doing that? I've not been booked onto it. Oh, saying so you're not doing it. <laughs> I hate that. We looked over. Sorry, my friend. That's oh, all right. He's not, um, you sent the, you sent, you did the Facebook message, and I was like, that is. Per I read the Facebook message, and I was like, that is perfectly fair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, about how I'm going to book, and um, yeah, I got 130 emails in. I think in four hours for for two gigs that I had a combined spots of 24. Yeah. So it was like I, I looking at the emails. Like I used to be so on it with booking. I had to learn how to use the bloody <laughs> Gmail. I was like, it's been it, it hasn't even been that long, but it's weird how you just completely fall out of oh, yeah. uh, of of how how do I do this? And I'm on the laptop. I used to do this on my phone. How do you make a page for this? Oh god. Yeah. So I'm only going to do those two gigs. And yes, to answer your question, in September, if the venue was right and it fits i will book one or two gigs a week mm. i won't book any more than that no and only if it's in the same venue um also i'm not going to be in london for much longer i'm going to leave and go to dublin so that gig will be open to whoever wants to mc can mc i will mc now and then okay but pretty much all i will offer is one of the venues that i've had previous and most of them have are have still not been able to open but there's no. only one or two venues i'll be interested in keeping mm. and i will just book it for people who want to perform and it'll be an open mic and if it runs into the ground it runs into the ground and if it's a success it's a success and i think i think when it comes to great open mics yeah. i think there's a there's a there's a time period there's a yeah, shelf life there, there really is if you want to have a one that ha doesn't have rules to it because there's, there's there's opinions back and forth on on different ways of, of running nights, and I'm even though I don't have rules to mine, I'm I understand fully well why you would, mm. but it's I, I I just can't really bring myself to ever tell anyone that they can't perform a stage for us for a reason that I would think is a little bit silly or maybe even unfair, mm. and if someone else doesn't think that, then that's fine, and they'll have a successful night yeah. that will run for years. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of a groovy. I mean, there is some. I mean, there is gig etiquette. Like, if you're a comic, stick to your time, basically, yeah. and don't be a dick. Um, had an experience with that recently where I actually had to take the mic from the comedian on stage because wow. they were going over by I actually had to walk up and take them yeah back. I walked up took the mic got them and then got them off and yeah they will not I yeah 
Inter- yeah, it was an interest. It was an interest. You should start doing the teddy. What? You should start throwing the teddy. Oh fuck! Yes, the teddy. Yeah, yeah. Can start I? Can I, yeah. can I have that? Yeah, of course <laughs> you can. Thank yeah. you. Um, so we talked about comedy a bit, but like the West Wing has some really funny bits in it. It does. It's classic Aaron Sorkin dialogue. Absolutely. Yes, hundred percent. So I, that that is my favorite TV show ever. TV used to have a much bigger part of my life than it did now. Yeah. And the reason for that is when I mentioned being a street performer, so for, I would say, I'm going to say eight years. Hmm. For eight years, I busked and earned my living working Saturday and Sunday, bank holiday Mondays, and school midterms. Yeah. And that's it. Like, the, and So when the teachers were working, I was off. Mm. So Monday to Friday, majority of the time, I didn't work. And so what are you going to do when you're th- 23? Yeah. And, you know, you can't drink that much. Not yet. I mean, you can try, but TV shows. So it was all the TV shows, one after the other. And, you know, watching comedians and watching performers and watching as many and so I got a lot of uh, performance. I, I think I grew up as a performer watching th- those sort of drama. Like, you know, of course, The Wire is just all-time classic. I still haven't seen The Wire yet. I've got the Blu-ray of my own podcast. I will leave right now, yeah. Um, I've got the Blu-ray, but I've just not... Got a Blu-ray cassette player. I've got... <laughs> <laughs> Who has a Blu-ray cassette player? <laughs> Oh shit, Blu-ray cassette player. That is. Where do we go from that, Jackie? Where do we go from? PlayStation Two, mate. PlayStation Two. Holy shit! Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh. I do have a Blu-ray cassette player. Oh, there you go. <laughs> somewhere you have to find it. Is it? Yeah. But it's just I haven't had the time to sit down and properly watch i mean no that's a lie i've had plenty of time to sit down and watch it because we've been in a fucking pandemic and i got locked down yeah but it's one of those things where i'm nervous that it won't be as good as i'm making it out to be in my head mm. but i know that it I, on some level i know that that's bullshit I, maybe you're right maybe, maybe maybe it maybe it won't be as good i mean because I watched it a little later, like it had already been out a few years, mm-hmm. but drama has changed so much now that mm-hmm. the it would be interesting to see if you were as into it because the subtleties and and the same with the West Wing, it just takes so long yeah. for a decision or for a moment to happen, even if you see it coming way off. It just takes so long and it's just... Mm. And those TV shows, especially The West Wing, even though you say there's, there's humorous moments in it, but it's it's ultimately, it's very depressing. Oh, yeah. It's very depressing and it's depressing for a long period of time. Yeah. yeah. And and it is. Like, like the episodes are maybe an hour and five they're, each or something. For, um, first season, they're about 40 minutes. 40, they get longer. They get yeah. longer. Yeah, they do. Um, and then, of course, you have all these kind of special episodes and double episodes that are, that are over an hour each and they're, they're two parts. And, but uh, the reason I... I think you know it's it's a, it's it's a tight yeah with, with the wire and Ulster Newsroom another TV show that Aaron's Aaron talking about yes yeah. absolutely which is lesser uh, seen but it's also fantastic mm. okay it's not the wire and it's not um, uh, the West Wing but but it is absolutely fantastic and then you got the modern ones too with, with the Breaking Bad and Game mm. of Thrones which I think is 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 pretty poor compared to the other ones I'm mentioning just my opinion I just 
Game of Thrones lost it for me when they started killing off all the characters they want you to care about and after a while how do you expect us to care about the characters <laughs> anymore anyway with the West Wing back to it like I was I was like maybe 20 when I started watching that and it meant so much to me around then because when I was 19, 20 I started getting into George Carlin yeah. and so I started getting into a little bit those two shows certainly George Carlin as a performer was, was the first person to kind of have me question hmm. bigger bigger have it, uh, trying to answer bigger questions about life but before that I just never really gave it a thought mm. and so that's why I kind of say George Carlin is my favourite um, comedian even though I might not find him the funniest but as shaping me as the person that I, I became it's, the thing is it's not just about his jokes though. Absolutely. It's, about, it's about what he's saying and how he's saying it it's yeah. his cadences and his ability to relate to to make an audience relate to him yeah. even if they're not on the same side as him politically yeah. they can understand he's a guy where you can listen to him and go I understand where he's coming from whether I agree with him or not it's another thing another thing but this person I can definitely see their points of view I can definitely see their points of view absolutely and and yeah and just and how he articulated that point I just thought yeah I, I thought he was beautiful to watch same thing the West Wing like I just thought here you have a story of a group of people doing an incredible thing yet again yeah. regardless of what political side you're on like running the country from the White House it's an incredible thing that they all mm. you know they all undertook with such a workload and then they shoot for the stars with these great ideals and none of them work <laughs> none of them come out the way they wanted to and then you have to deal with the heartache but you're still quite a lot further down the road you want to be than when you if you didn't do anything at all mm. and i just think well that's that's a great i think that's a great kind of thing to live by you know and having the community of the workers around them and they all worked to insanity on yeah. the project and got their own private lives entangled with it mm -hmm. i just that's i just kind of think that's the kind of person that i have become mm. it's like i've kind of sacrificed a lot in order just to zone in on creative stuff and and do silly little projects that might work yeah. for me and and then yeah like we were talking like before you came in about the about the comeback of Rob Lowe essentially yeah because in 1988 if you remember he I mean I don't remember because I was not I was a sperm cell at that point <laughs> but um, they Rob Lowe had an incident where he um, got caught with two on tape with two women one of them was and one of them was 16 and he was in his and he was 24 yes. yeah <laughs> Get Rob. <laughs> and then um, he was the he was the Hollywood Golden Boy for a minute, and then after that, completely, almost completely. I didn't know this about him. Yeah, I've listened to both his autobiographies. Like, yeah, wow. Yeah, I'm a big Rob Lowe fan. And oh, then, wow. um, and then, so after a few years of not doing very much and trying to get and trying to get clean and sober. Um, he gets hit up by Aaron Sorkin and his people, and then the rest is his. The rest is history. Brilliant. And but funny though, the he did a lot of campaigning for a lot of for a lot of politicians to get them into power. So it's ironic that he does play the role that he plays yeah. in the West Wing. Yeah, and they, I mean, they went to town on. They were allowed access to the White House. They were allowed access to places that other people haven't been allowed before, and following around a day in the life. They did yeah. all that kind of stuff. So, also, I think he also fucked a Kennedy by any chance, uh, at some point. Who didn't? I think he. <laughs> 
I think I might have. <laughs> um, I think I might be one this year. <laughs> <laughs> have you fucked a Kennedy, Jackie? Not yet. No, I still have time though. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll ask Mooch what his real last name is, like Clara. <laughs> Mooch probably has. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, where, where are we at? But the White House and the things that they're allowed to do. Yeah. Yes, the things. That they, yeah, and um, so it's so it's maybe perhaps not today, but certainly for back in the day, it was as it was as real life as you're going to really get, you know. Yeah. And then um, Martin Sheen, right? That's the name. Martin Sheen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, like talk about a performance. Every scene he's in in that is it gives me goosebumps. Even now, I've seen I've seen the entirety of that TV show maybe four or five times, mm. and even when I see a clip of it, they're all incredible. But when he's on screen. And interesting, I never really rated them before watching that TV show. I never yeah. really, like, I could, you know, give or take, like, I didn't really care. Yeah. And then when I saw his performance, and I was like, oh my God, mm. charisma just oozes off yeah. the guy. You just gotta, you, you have to see more and more and more of him. You can kind of say that about all of them. I don't think there's a, there's a weak cast member. I don't think there's a weak character. I don't think there's a weak season. Um, storyline i think it's for me it's the perfect show and that is really rare especially for a drama from yep. that for like six seasons is it not yeah yeah it is yeah yeah it goes you, on yeah. it's usually about season three there's usually a dip and then it picks it back picks it back up yeah but it just continues being great it just it it continues yeah and uh the way it's even shot i just mm. love the I, I i love everything about it and of course the walk and talk that uh, that uh, sorkin is known for doing i just think it's a really lovely way of getting a lot in in the shot i just love the style of it it's very theatrical it's kind of like you're watching people on the stage yeah There's not much camera angle shots and i just think yeah the, the cinematography and the story and the writing i think pound for pound that is my favorite tv show mm. but yeah by far do, do you think the how much do you think it was based on actual politics and actual politicians um poof. Shit, you're putting me under it now. You said there were politicians and there were questions <laughs> to me. I have no idea. All of a sudden, I just turned into an ant. I, I, um, I think they said Sorkin was kind of slated saying you couldn't make this with Republicans, and I think that's why he made. I think that's what his answer was the newsroom yeah. because you can, because people will think well Republicans they aren't going to be as likable, and of course that's absolutely rubbish. Yeah. So hopefully you think that's absolutely right. No, I, no, I agree. <laughs> I completely. It's, it's I, rubbish, of course. It's like, yeah. you know. It, so there are Democrats who have been who are committed, who are convicted rapists and pedophiles and pedophiles, and there. Jesus Christ. Yeah, there are. Yeah. Bloody hell. Yeah. It's I a mean, Saturday afternoon. <laughs> rapists and, and pedophiles. Yeah, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, but yeah, but, but yeah, anyone can be an arsehole and anyone can be likable. Yeah, absolutely. So I think. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't I don't know if it was I, I would say I, I know that they they certainly worked alongside major events yeah. back in the day to make to make the storylines pop and stuff. They did that. But in terms of smaller politics and and I, I would I would. Yes, I would think they do, but mm. do I know anything about it? No, I don't know anything. Uh, I'm, I'm certainly not That's a pretty, pretty good person. Although I do know that I hate all of them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Especially the ones on my own side. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, you made it through part one, so why don't you click up and go to part two for the rest of this conversation. See you there.